Now, this morning, we were going to continue with where we left off from last week. I didn't bring, if you don't have your handout from last week, you skate it again. The part that, uh, we, that we didn't get to, I put on the bottom of the sheet number two. I just tacked it on there. So we'll start there, and then we'll roll back to uh, page one. <laughs> We're starting on page two, where it says laws concerning transvestites and transsexuals. We're going to start off with a cheery, cheery topic. And I'm not going to beat this to death, this subject. In one sense, um, quite frankly, it's kind of like I'm preaching to the choir here. So I don't believe I need to try to convince anybody. If I do, you're welcome to talk to me later. We need to have a conversation. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> but the laws concerning transvestism or transsexualism, whatever you want to call it, Deuteronomy 22. We'll start there real quick. Deuteronomy 22. Once again, these, the book of Deuteronomy, I would, all of Scripture is highly recommended for reading. Deuteronomy, I especially recommend just because the context of the book. It summarizes the law, and it, it's also giving the nation warning as to, okay, because remember, this was given by Moses just prior to them going, crossing the Jordan and going into the promised land. They're saying, you need to heed what I'm telling you here. And there's some interesting prophecies in Deuteronomy saying how Israel in the future will fail, will be taken captive, but will return. I mean, it's a tremendous book. Tremendous book. I mean, you read this thing. Anyway, Deuteronomy 22.5. Transvestites, uh, sometimes also known as cross-dressing. A woman shall not wear a man's clothing, nor shall a man put on a woman's clothing. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Again, there's that word again, abomination. When you see that word, I mentioned it last time, I'm going to say it uh, that word abomination, when it pops up in the Old Testament like that, that's a very strong language. It's not just saying, that's just not recommended. No, this is an abomination. The Lord despises it. This is an abomination to the Lord. And this is not uh, like, oh, I'm going to dress up funny at a masquerade party or something. Although I would not recommend this anyway. It just, I've just got to think, think about it after reading this. It's... You know, besides, it's not the look I'm going for. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's, uh, I stay away from it. I mean, but this is talking about people that are actually dressing like the other gender to act like the other gender. In our day and age, we, to even be the other gender, so they think. Anyway, that's cross-dressing. Uh, we've heard modern-day terms, dressing in drag. Remember the drag queens? You've heard that term perhaps on the news. Uh, where it says a woman shall not wear a man's clothing, it literally means a woman shall not use that which pertains to a man. Okay? And then, in other words, women are not to try to become like men, and vice versa, women being like men. Just to let you know, I know when we were still down there in L.A. County, they, were, they had drag queens in the local libraries reading to the s- small children, like oh. kindergarten, first graders, second graders. 
Uh, well, there's a worse oh no now. It's become, it's, it's all over the United States now. Drag queens reading to children in the libraries and even in some schools. I was just going to say, it's in the schools as well. Yeah. You know, not in all of them, but it's like every other, like any kind of disease, this spiritual disease, it's spreading. It's spreading. It's spreading. It's spreading. And um, again, like I, I said last time, I mean, Pray for those, especially pray for the Christians that are in education, public education. That's got to be tough. You know, you, you, all of a sudden, one day you may be, if not already, be confronted with this stuff. You know, that job may be on the line. Okay, in Deuteronomy 23.1, we have the transsexual. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. It says, no one who is emasculated... Or, or has his male organ cut off, shall enter the assembly of the Lord. People read that, you might want to take a deep breath. But anyway, you know, that emasculated, the, the word for emasculated literally means crushing. So, and I'm just going to, I'm not even going to deal with that one. But I want to compare with Isaiah 56. Isaiah 56. And again, this is not talking about those folks that, had it done by force, okay? They were con- they were made into eunuchs. You know, these are people that the 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 wording here suggests these are people that did it on their own because they wanted to be something that they weren't born as. And we'll be getting to that a little bit too. Um, but Isaiah fifty six three to five for any sin out there, including the various forms of homosexuality, every sin that's ever been committed can be forgiven. Just keep that in mind. So because somebody that we know might be this, or all the, all the folks that are out there that are in this sin, salvation is still an option, or at least it's out there. It's presented to them as much as it is the the guy that goes to a false church thinking they're righteous. So... There you go. Or maybe somebody coming here that thinks they're okay. It's, it's there. It's there for all. Okay, uh, 56 verses 3 to 5 says, Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who kept my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and hold fast my covenant. To them I will give in my, I will give in my house and, with, and within my walls a memorial and a, and a name better than that of the sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name which will not be cut off. Interesting play on words there. Um, but what they're saying is eunuchs, those who were either... Made eunuchs, because that's considered eh, with the Old Testament. We just read it. And uh, with the law. But even those that did it willfully on their own, okay, that can be forgiven. You may be forgiven and enter in. Again, this is the Old Testament vernacular. Enter into the temple worship and so forth. Uh, so it's there. And we're in Isaiah. I, went, I was here last week, but I want to point out again Isaiah chapter 1. When Isaiah is going through there and just blasting the nation on on behalf of God for their sin, 
Uh, I mean, saying something like, you know, they have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away from him. I mean, this is the nation itself. He says, uh, what are your, verse 11 of chapter 1 says, what have your multiplied sacrifice to me, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams, the fat of fed cattle, and I take no pleasure in the blood of bulls, lambs, or goats. It's like your sacrifices are useless to me because you people are just going through the formality. You're not true believers. I mean, he's indicting the whole nation, his chosen people. But on the same hand, he's indicting them. But now let's move forward to 18, verse 18 of chapter 1. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. If you consent and obey, you will eat the best of the land. And if you, But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. Truly the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Once again, in the midst of pronouncing condemnation, the offer of salvation is put out there. And that's one thing, too, when in dealing with this, this type of sin, because it's, let's face it, it's viewed as being more gross than others, perhaps. It, it just, it has to, almost. It's, it's, one of those, it's, it's one of those sins that we saw last week that God destroyed an entire, not a city, but an entire area, Sodom, Gomorrah, and the surrounding, he destroyed an entire valley full of people over. So, I mean, and we're going to see why, uh, hopefully this morning. And I want to go to one more passage that we looked at, but I don't want this one to pass because it adds on. And um, <clears throat> I have a few other things to share with you. First Corinthians 6, because I want to define a couple of terms very quickly. And then I have some things to share. News of the day. First <laughs> Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexual, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God. This is one to be very watchful of, verse 11. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Spirit, capital S. Okay, and that's what's important. Now, what in the context of 6, 9, and 10 here, now remember, we're not talking, like, if you ever... Uh, do not be deceived, neither fornicators. Let's start with the first fornicators. You commit that sin one time, you're out? No. What we're talking about here is lifestyle. We're talking about lifestyle. An individual has a lifestyle of fornication, a lifestyle of adultery. And you notice how they're, it's interesting how they, they kind of lump things in gr- groups here. And very often do that. You've got fornicators, and again, you've got idolaters stuck in there. Then you've got adulterers, and you got effeminate homosexuals. Then it drops and it talks about thieves. It's interesting, idolatry stuck in there. We're going to see in our lesson today, we're going to go over it, that fornication, homosexuality, it was all part of that pagan temple worship of idols. All part of it. It's all part of it. So idolatry kind of fits in that little grouping because it's all part of it. 
and I'm not going to go on to the rest of it. But, but let's say, anyway, yeah, we're done. Now, back to 6.9. That word effeminate, that's not just, how do I say this gracefully? It's not talking about guys that um, walk a little funny, talk a little funny, okay, that are just like, they don't do sports, right? In, you know, interior designers. I don't I mean, it's not talking about that. This is ta- the effeminate, this word f- effeminate, malchus. What that's talking about, what that's describing actually, is the passive partner in a male homosexual relationship. That's what that word is talking about. It's not talking about a little wussy guy. It's not talking about that. Okay? It's much deeper because if a guy was just a little weak, that's not, that's not necessarily even a sin, okay? Uh, and then homosexual is what it is. And that's a compound word that basically is a combination of the word for men and bed, okay? And you get the picture. Now, with that thought in mind, before we move on, I've got something that, just in ours, because we're going to go through uh, the lessons entitled Romans one eighteen to 32, which we are going to look at. However, uh, it will not be anything close to an in-depth study. It's just going to be just grab some points to deal with this topic we're on. Romans one eighteen to 32 could take a good three, four weeks if we really wanted to go into it. <clears throat> but if we're talking about people, uh, we just talked about, spoke about transsexuals, people that want to, that think they can, or drag queens and all that, that either dresses the opposite sex or actually literally want to transition to be the opposite sex, which is scientifically impossible. I don't care what they say. Um, these are, by the way, the same uh, uh, folks that uh, they, uh, they preach evolution to us as settled science. I've even heard the term settled science on this topic. Please, stop. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. Now, has ever, anybody ever heard of a gender-affirming closet? No? Okay, you, we were talking. <laughs> okay, and this is just, this is taken right off. This is this gender. I've just got some little notes here. I'm just going to go through this fast. I really don't want to belabor it, but I just want to know what's out there and maybe coming to a neighborhood soon. You know, you never know. Rockbridge High School, Columbia, Missouri. The Columbia Public Schools Board of Education accepted a $10,000 grant on Monday to create a gender-affirming closet for some high school students. Rockbridge High School Gay Straight Alliance applied for the grant in May. The group said it hopes the closet will create a more welcoming environment for LGBTQ plus students. We're talking high school-age kids. The group planned to spend $8,000 on clothing, 1000 on furnishings for the closet, 500 for makeup, and 500 for inventory management. This is for children that their parents say you're not going to dress as the opposite gender, but this, you can go to the little closet and change at school, and we won't, we won't bother telling your folks about it. This stuff is going on out there, folks. Gotta, I'll tell you, walk, anymore you've got to keep your head on a swivel. You don't know what's going on around you, you know? Um, another one now, and again, this, that was from uh, 
That was a, that was from Cam Isey, ABC News, July 11th, 2022. So this is very recent. Another one from USA Today, June 10th. Um, many young adults now identify as transgender or un or non-binary, as social media helps more people come out. Isn't that nice of them? Five um, percent of young adults who identify as transgender or un, non-binary, the highest number ever recorded according to the, the results of a national survey released this week, and that's from a Pew Research poll, and again, June 10th, this was from an article from June 10th, uh, according to the Pew survey, 5.1% of adults under 30 identify as trans or non-married, 5%, that's ridiculous, I mean, you couldn't, give you like 0. .00 something percent, what, five years ago? They're being... Programmed, they are. They're being they're being pressured. Little local Oregon news. Gender affirming care is available in Southwest Oregon, including hormone therapy. Again, this is kids. Hormone therapy, preventive sexual health care services for our transgender and non-binary patients. And that is brought to you by the Southwest Oregon chapter of Planned Parenthood. It's not enough. They kill them before they're born. Now they want to destroy them after they're born. I tell you. And it's, it's Planned Parenthood, if you don't have a note, is a hellish organization. That's the nicest way I can describe it. It's a hellish organization. And uh, we have more outlines up on this table here. But, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, be mindful, be watchful. It's out there. They're promoting it. And again, like homosexuals, they can't, they can't reproduce, so they have to go and pick from society. Um, just to add to that, I, I just sold that. Yeah. And, and these, like again, there are, there are big, powerful groups that promote all this I'll just call it the gay agenda stuff, the LGBTQ plus stuff. And just looking around, the, the biggest supporters of this stuff are the National Education Association, the American Federation of Teachers, and the Democrat Party. Those are the two biggest, organiz three biggest organizations. You got two teachers unions, the two biggest, and an entire political party. You read Romans 1, 18 to 32, quite honestly. Everything God condemns is what the, is is a part of the Democratic Party platform. I'm not being political. I'm just being news. That's it. I'm, that's an, an an application of Romans one eighteen to thirty two. It's there. Which doesn't make Republicans any a whole lot better. No. They fold like a, that's a yeah, they they yeah. Sometimes they fold up like a cheap suit. But anyway, um, one last one. One last one because we. There was a question early on about this. What about churches? This is right off the, right off the Internet from an a, uh, outfit called Queer Grace. Give you an idea where they're coming from. Okay, this is, this is that side of the argument. Just a little thing. It says they're looking for welcoming and affirming churches. You've all heard of the, maybe have the Metropolitan Community Church. That's been around a long time. That was a church started by a gay guy, uh, 
oh, what's his name? Anyway, it's in here. Startup him years ago, and then uh, one here. I'm just going to pop through this real quick. There, uh, more communities have become accepting different sexualities and gender identities. Denominations have denominations have come up with their own ways of expressing their affirmation. LGBTQ friendly communities in the Christian Church. Disciples of Christ, the Reformed Catholic Church, and the United Church of Christ refer to themselves as openly affirming. That's the entire denomination. It says, yeah, we're opening and affirming. Okay, now, communities in the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America even, and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Canada call themselves reconciling in Christ. Okay, there's a group out of that that's called reconciling in Christ. It's not necessarily the ent- entire group of people that go to those churches, but they come out of there. So the Presbyterian Church has a, has a, quote, more light congregations. And again, there's some very conservative and godly Presbyterian churches. So don't think I'm blasting all Presbyterians. I've got some, some of my in-laws are Presbyterians. They're extremely godly people. So I know it's not them. But, but coming, there's not every Presbyterian, all, not all Presbyterian churches are equal. And either, nor are Baptists or community churches, for that matter. And yep. And uh, you go on there, there's, um, yeah, again, I'm not going to read it all, but just, just, be, just know that they're out there. And, uh, like, if you leave this community, uh, go to another one. And I think it's time to turn to Romans chapter 1 <laughs> and keep moving. But just want you to know it's there. Um, Again, especially folks with children, grandchildren, they're out there trying to proselytize your, the gay communities out there trying to proselytize your kids, and don't let them ever tell you they wouldn't think of it. Don't even, don't even go down that road. <laughs> There's too much hard evidence against it. Okay. Yeah, no matter who, all the people in the entire Earth's population, there's... Really, only there's one, there's only really one sin that sends you to hell, and that's the rejection of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why the numbers have just kind of popped in the last few years because there's been a hard push in the last few years to indoctrinate folks, and it's coming from everywhere. I see it on commercials on TV. You've got same-sex couples. Applying for a loan. I mean, on, on that commercial and others, and and it's it's just it's everywhere. Uh, hey, you know, I'll tell you, um, Disneyland. We mentioned that last. I mean, it's just it's being pushed from all quarters. It's it's uh, promote. I I brought. I didn't bring it, and I'm glad. But I had another thing I downloaded from the internet where there's at least 200 LGBTQ people in the Biden White House. Okay. Uh, there's some 60 of them that are in the um, executive branch. In the, well, there's a couple in the cabinet. Uh, I'm not I'm going to get it, but they're all over the place, and they put them in there as a badge of honor, uh, they, the badge of honor, they're, and so that to them, because they're speaking to the world system. They're definitely not speaking to me. But then that's where they are. Anyway, Romans 1, and... I don't know how we're going to do this in 20 minutes, but we'll see. I might just jump to the 
part that deals with what we're actually talking about and save Romans 1 as a study for another day. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Romans 1, uh, 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Keep that term in mind. Suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Right? It's, it's re- the wrath of God is going to be revealed against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness. Okay? That's just there. And who's it for? For those who suppress the truth in their own personal unrighteousness. A righteous person welcomes the truth, accepts the truth, loves the truth. Those haters of truth suppress, suppress. And that we're, it, it, the word means exactly what it says. Just suppress, like just picture a guy just shoving it down, just suppressing the truth. Okay? Verse 19 and 20 it says, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. How? For, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through, through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God for, or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. And that's what I mean. We, we could really, to do this, judge, we, we need to just examine all these words and tenses because it's also very important. But for our purposes today, um, creation, it, verse 20, creation itself is a proof of God. I mean, Psalm 19, the heavens are telling of the glory of God and their, ex- and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. 19.1. Again, I'll just put it this way. The theory of evolution is, I'll tell you, probably perhaps the most major affront against our God, the Creator. I mean, they, 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 they search for all kinds of things. God is the last thing they even look to for how this all came about, the universe. You know? <clears throat> now, verse 21, you know, rejecting the one true God leads to futile speculation and a darkened heart. And then those futile speculations and a dark, darkened heart, that is what actually leads to the moral decline. It's, it's, all, it's like the dominoes are falling. You know, you reject truth, reject truth, reject truth, reject truth. If truth isn't there, I mean, think back to the armor, the belt of truth, first thing mentioned. Gospel, there's more truth. The word of God, more truth. See, the armor of God is... Truth, 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 God's word. And um, those folks that, that reject that, they have no place to go but down into error. And when that error, it just it, it accumulates, it accumulates, and it weighs like a anchor on your back, just pushing you down, pushing you down. Okay, verse 24, when a person, people, and this again, it's, remember, this is reaching back into history a little bit. It says, God gave them, God gave them over as something he did in the past. Well, God gave Sodom and Gomorrah over. God gave the pre-flood earth over. Okay? And then sin, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse till finally the grace of God said, that's it. Noah, build an ark. And as uh, Peter writes, he was a... For 120 years, Noah was not only building up, but he was a preacher of righteousness, having 
zero converts in 120 years. But results aren't always what's important. Personal faithfulness is what's important. The fact that he is out there. Same thing. You go talking to people and you get rejected 99% of the time. Okay. Right. You know what? Even though you might be rejected, you still gave glory to God, whether you realize it or not. Because our obedience automatically does that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we look back in there too, and you know, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Favor would be, the Hebrew word would be like equivalent to the New Testament word grace. But anyway, that's another thing. Anyway, verse 24. Um, the verse 22 says, excuse me, professing to be wise, they became fools. So what's happening today. The learned of our day tell us that, oh, you can change genders. The learned of our day tell us all these other things that contradict Scripture. Okay, and I don't even want to get into the rest of them. But, and what happens then? When one rejects the truth, who becomes actually in the biblical sense a fool, a fool in their heart, you know. And, and, ex- so what, and what happens next? And they exchange the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of a corruptible man and of birds and four-foot animals and crawling creatures. So what the first thing they did, looking back into history, because this is looking back from Paul's day, what did they go into? Idolatry. What did the nation Israel go into when it turned its back on God? Idolatry. I mean, good grief. What were they, 10 minutes out of Egypt, they were given golden calves. I mean, longer than that, but you see what I mean? They, they went into it. Moses goes up on the mountain for a while. I mean, it's in, it's in, I mean, it's just, they reject the truth. Pew. Idolatry. And you just pattern, pattern, pattern all the way through. So what about in our day and age? Well, our day and age, idolatry is pretty much self-worship and uh, science so-called. That seems to be the big law that people follow these days. It's the scientists, the, 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 the intelligent ones, you know, the ones that got half the alphabet behind their name, you know, with all their credits and things. But yet, God says, professing to be fools, professing to be wise, they became fools. There are, you, you will see times in history you can see it in, in, in biblical history, and you can see it in human history, where societies peak. You know, it's just like an ebb and flow. And somebody, please, point to me in history and, and show me one instance of one righteous nation falling. I challenge you to find that nation. You'll not do it. You'll not do it. I mean, think about that one. Just go back and Check. Check. You check in history. I mean, and along with that, too, it's things, you know, like uh, uh, people on drugs for emotional and mental depression because sin will wear on you. It'll, it'll just, and they don't realize, and, this thing, they, and that way we should feel sorry for them, too, because they don't realize that. They're, they're, they're locked into a system that has no pluses to it. That just really doesn't. And it's, in terms of idolatry, it's, it's kind of, 
Speaking of, another demon came in. No. <laughs> Jeremiah, chapter 10, verses 1 through 15. I'm going to go quick. I'm going to pick it up in verse 3. God, again, through Jeremiah's warning them of impending judgment. Remember, Jeremiah was the prophet that was saying, hey, Judah, your Babylon's coming, you know, because you haven't repented. Anyway, verse 3, for the customs of the people are delusion, because it's, it is a wood cut from the forest. The, the, and this again, it's kind of a satire on idolatry is what's going on here. The work of the hands of a craftsman with a cutting tool. They, de- they decorate it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers so that it will not totter. If you don't nail it to the ground, it's going to flop over, right? Uh, like a scarecrow in a cucumber field, they are, and, they are, and they cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot walk. Do not fear them, for they, can't do, they can do no harm, nor can they do any good. <laughs> Sounds like a politician. No, there is, a, there, is none like thee, o, there is none like thee, O Lord. You are great, and great is your name in might. Who would not fear you, O king of the nations? Indeed, it is, it is your due. For among all the wise men of the nations and in their kingdom, there is none like you. But they altogether, they are altogether stupid and foolish in their discipline of delusion. Their idols is wood. Again, their idols today is self-worship, false, fake science that can be so easily proven wrong, or what they call science. I call it science so-called, you know. Um, okay, beaten silver brought from danger, charging all the stuff they do. Verse, drop down to verse 10, but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting king. At his wrath, the earth quakes and the nations cannot endure his indignation. And there is the warning shot. Like, you know, just stand, like the old military term about something's ugly happened. They just say, stand by <laughs> because it's going to get ugly. That's God telling the earth, stand by because when you see things getting out of hand, judgment could be just around the corner. That applies to the United States, as much as I hate to say it. It could be just around the corner. It's like one fellow said years ago, you know, if God ju- doesn't judge America, he may just have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah if this thing gets any more out of hand. Now, it's a, it's a comparatively small percentage. I mean, it was... The majority in Sodom and Gomorrah, granted. This thing just got way out of control there. But as things progress, things progress. Um, and anyway, it says, um, and it talks about the greatness of God. In verse 14, again, Jeremiah says, Every man is stupid, devoid of knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols. The molten images are deceitful, and there is no breath in them. They are worthless work of mockery. In the time of their punishment, they will perish. Period. It's going to happen. And Isaiah chapter Isaiah 44 passage is saying essentially the same. And I went a little farther in that one to show that also engaged in idol worship and things like that were their sorceries and sorcerers, which talks about a lot of drug abuse is involved in this stuff, even back then. And then verse 24, their idolatry leads to sexual immorality. It says, uh, because that they exchange the truth for a lie, the result of that, therefore, the therefore, therefore, what's therefore? 
Therefore, it's continuing the conversation. Because they exchanged the glory of God for the incorruptible, therefore God gave them over. God gave them something. Here. He gave them over to the lust of their hearts, to impurity, that their bodies might be dishonored among them. For why? Again, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than creator. Says it on both ends of this <laughs> to, to hammer the point home. You turn to idolatry, you turn away from the, the one true God and worship anything else. Even false forms of Christianity is no better. No better. False religion is false religion. What did Paul call every false religion? Doctrines of demons. Okay? I mean, it's just, was it First Timothy? So, hey, you know, it's, 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 <laughs> there's settled theological science. How's that? Okay? <laughs> uh, therefore, because of that, God gave them up. And so they accept exchange. It says they dishonor themselves, immorality. They're talking about, again, sexual sin. And you can, we're not going to turn them. You compare that with Psalm 81 and Acts 7, which is uh, Stephen's rendering of uh, what went on in the wilderness. And you will see that uh, over there, that the language of, of God giving up on them is there as well. There comes a time when, when, when sin ripens to the point where God says, that's it for you. That's it for you. We're moving on to somebody else. That's it. And verse, and, and why? They, they exchange the truth for the lie. <clears throat> and then one example, and we should go back for this, but is the worship of Moloch in the Old Testament. Homosexuality was a live, was a part of that pagan ritual. We looked at some of those terms last week. You know, let's look at First Kings. Let's look at First Kings. Look at this. You might not know it. Solomon's probably the biggest sin Solomon committed was right here. In terms of what it cost. First Kings chapter eleven, verses three, beginning verse beginning at verse three. Okay, first Kings eleven, three, speaking of Solomon says, and he had seven hundred wives, princesses, and three hundred concubines. And his wives turned his heart away. For it came about when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away after other gods, and his heart was not wholly devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. For Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and and after Milcom, the detestable idol of the Ammonites. And Solomon did, did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not follow the Lord fully as David his father had done. Then Solomon built a high place for, for Shemosh, the detestable idol of Moab, on the mountain which is east of Jerusalem, and for Moloch, the detestable idol of the sons of Ammon. And Moloch was the one, earlier on it's read of that the children of Israel pass their children through the fire. That's why um, one fellow was thrown off of uh, uh, Facebook for saying that the, the, the uh, pro-abortionists, you know, they were talking about God. Yeah, the pro-abortionists worship at the God of Moloch. Ding, he was tossed. <laughs> 
He was tossed. So, I mean, when you go around at major corporations, virtually all of them in the high tech, the, the technology companies, uh, Facebook, YouTube, they're all bought in hook, line, and sinker. And I could tell you stuff that would curl your hair what they promote. 1 Kings 14.21 Rehoboam, son of Solomon, continued the perversion. <clears throat> this time with the earth's earth, the, the earth, the kingdom divided. That sin split, that sin of Solomon split the kingdom. That split it, that's it. You're, you're, the Lord told him, Solomon, your, 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 your kingdom will not last. It's not going to stand. It was his, Rehoboam, Jeroboam, boom, split. So now Rehoboam is uh, ahead of Judah. Okay, now. So Rehoboam is in there, verse 21, and verse 22 it says, and we're in 1 Kings 14, and Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him into jealousy more, more than that their fathers had done, which is the sins they committed. For they also built for themselves high places and sacred pillars of an ashram, a very high hill on beneath every luxuriant tree, and there were also male cult prostitutes in the land. They did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord... Now check this out. They did all according to the, the, all the abominations of the nations which the Lord dispossessed before the sons of Israel. Those nations that were pushed out during the time of Joshua, they brought, all that, they brought a lot of that paganism back in there, even to the point where they were the male cult prostitutes. This is that word that we looked at last time that sometimes translated sodomites. So there you go. And so that's, it came back in, and that's always been that way. I mean, you look back in history, people like Nero, he kept like a 10, 11-year-old boy in his uh, little harem that he abused. I mean, these people, pretty disgusting things. Pretty disgusting things. And if you, in, in light of that too, you keep that in what was just said, and you can see here how things increase, increase. It started off with um, they dishonored their, their bodies, you know, with sexual immorality. Then 26 and 27, and we're, gosh, we're going late here, uh, it talks about women exchanging, verse 26. Again, for this reason, God gave them up. If you have your, and you can see it in America, the sexual revolution of the 70s and 80s has now turned into the homosexual revolution that we see today, verses 26 and 27. Okay, God, you keep going in that, God gives you up, you go into the next step down, you know. Then you keep going in that, you go to the next step down, which is verse 28. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind. That word depraved mind speaks of a mind that does not function properly. Even though you're not technically a, a mental patient, as we would describe it here, but you, the mind just can't break down these moral truths. It's the kind of mind that says, oh yes, if you feel like it, you can change from a boy to a girl. You can change from That's a mind that is dysfunctional, that cannot work. And we're going to have to go... But then I'll stop here in the, and it, 
And you look at the next, what happens after that? Being filled with unrighteousness, with all unrighteousness. And if this doesn't describe the six o'clock news, wickedness, greed, evil, full of, I'm verse 29, murder, strife, deceit, malice, gossip, slanders, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil. This one might surprise, disobedient to parents. Again, the family breakup. You have children out of control. Children out of control. Man, that is all over the place. Uh, Without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful. In verse 32, and although they know the ordinance of God, they know deep down in their heart of hearts this is sin against God, but that's why they suppress truth. They suppress God. They are literally haters of God. And those that practice such things are worthy of death. Okay? They not only do the same, but let's but check this. Somebody said, well, I don't do that. But also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Those that promote this sin, even though they, oh, I don't do it myself, but I think everybody, no. No, by promoting it, you're bad. And where it talks about their, the due penalty of their error, the due penalty of their error, um, does anybody... Uh, yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard of AIDS? Monkeypox. Yeah. Do you hear this new monkeypox? Anybody want to take a guess what it's traced to? Its origin? You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard on the news yesterday. It's um, just on yesterday's news. It's spread. It's it's spreading, and it's in over seventy countries. And the World Health Organization wants to declare a medical emergency here it comes again let's close in a yeah yeah stay home that works father god we just thank you lord that your grace has caused us to accept the truth and we'll leave it at that lord in jesus name amen sorry we're a little late but i didn't want to have to do this again next week (laughs) i'm burnt out on it ah next week might do some prophecy. Oh,